Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In brought to you by Geek5Nation.com. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we have an action-packed panel full and ready to talk about the 2015 Oscars, the 2014 year in film. We had great comedy that year. The interview, Neighbors, one of my all-time favorite comedies, 22 Jump Street. We had Ride Along, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it, it was a jam-packed year for comedies and films as a collective whole. It's a little weak. But as always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Jacob. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm excited, man. We've got a strong panel here and uh, kicking it off from the next big oh. – The next <laughs> – yeah, this is awesome. Uh, next best picture, we got Matt Negla. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good until you butchered the name. Ne- Neglia? Or no, dude, oh, no, 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 the name of your, your show. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgive you. I forgive you. I won't lie to you. So I'm a very particular person when I'm trying to get somebody's name right. So I won't lie to you. I literally listened to the beginning of your podcast at least seven times just to make sure that I was going to get your name right. You know what I mean? It's very – with a name like Valero, it's it's like, you know, it's, it's a little hard sometimes to get somebody to say that right. So it's like I need to make sure I get somebody's name right. So I feel you. Hey, and I respect uh, that too. You do due diligence. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we appreciate you coming on. I'm excited to have you on board. Um, we also have from Cinemania World, Hannah, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. Exactly. And then, of course, we have my man over here doing his 93rd podcast of the day. We've got Colby. How are you, brother? Yo, yo, yo. What up? It's your boy, Colby Mack, on podcast number six. How are we doing? It's good to be back. Love this it's- guy. I know. It, it's it, the, I love the personality. I love whenever he's on here. But I, I saw your tweet this uh, this morning. You're like, this is you know my si- you know six podcasts I'm going to go on today. I was like, this is awesome. This is what I'm talking about here. I love it. I love the hustle, my man. Hey. So you guys ready to dive into this? Uh, we're going to jump right into the supporting actress category. Our, our nominees were uh, Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl. We had uh, Rooney Murray for. Uh, Carol, Jason, sorry, wait a minute. Wait. Yeah. Uh, no, that's wrong year. Sorry, guys. Sorry, yeah. guys. Look, don't mind me. I, I'm reading off the wrong year. So, I was feeling so get... much better for a few seconds. Do you know <laughs> I was like, yes. All right. Patricia Arquette for boyhood. boyhood. We had Emma Stone for Birdman. <laughs> Kira Knightley for Imitation Game and Meryl Streep for Into the Woods. And then Laura Dern for Wild. Of course, Patricia Arquette won for Boyhead. Boy, boyhood. <laughs> I mean, there's a boy head in there. <laughs> there you know what, Kobe? We're going to let you kick it off, my man. Who do you think should have won in this category? Who I think should have won is the person that did end up winning. I would say for this five, I would definitely go that with uh, Patricia Arquette. Um, I think the – I don't want to call it a gimmick. Is that fair? It could be. Um, yes. The commitment to the role, right? Like it's the – I would say it's the greatest acting feat that we've seen. The fact that she stayed with this character over the course of how many years? 12, uh, 12, 12, yeah. 12 years. I mean, clap it up for that, right? <laughs> um, she did great. I think with what she had, did I love the movie? No, but I love the performances more. So, yeah, that's my pick. Matt, what do you got for us, man? Um, I, too, would go with Patricia Arquette in Boyhood. I mean, 12 years to develop a character, develop a role. She kind of runs the gauntlet in terms of a wide range of emotions and it was also the right time in her career as well for her to get that level of recognition. And so I don't begrudge it um, considering what her competition was that year as well. Uh, yeah. I, I think they made the right call. Jacob. Yeah. I mean, cons- like you said, considering the competition, um, Emma Stone, I loved her, but it has to be Patricia Arquette um, for the same reasons that everyone else has given just that 
you know, that willingness to take 12 years out of your life for one movie and to, you know, be the star of that movie uh, come the end of it. It's I had to give it to her. Hannah? Yeah, I agree with Patricia. Uh, but also, I really love Emma Stone's performance in Birdman, so mm. I, I wanted to give some love to her. But yeah, I agree with like 12 years is such a long amount of time to even like think about like staying committed to like a project and character. And I, you know, give her all the props for that. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with everybody else here as well. Um, very easy category to kind of get out of the way, which I think the supporting actor as well is kind of in that same boat as well. We had J.K. Simmons for Whiplash. Edward Norton for Birdman, we had Mark Ruffalo for Foxcatcher, we had Ethan Hawke for Boyhood, and then we had Robert Duvall for The Judge. Um, Matt, I'll let you kick it off, my man. Who do you think should have won here? Obviously with J.K. Simmons winning. I mean, J.K. Simmons. Um, that performance is more than just him screaming and yelling at Miles Teller. Um, I think when people rewatch the movie, they'll be shocked to find that there are these uh, quieter, more character-focused moments that actually reveal layers to the character that may or may not be real. And that actually makes it much more uh, fascinating. So he walks a very, very tight rope with that performance that I think, um, personally speaking, is my favorite uh, win in that category for the whole decade, actually. so Hannah? Yeah, I agree completely about J.K. Simmons. Uh, you brought up how about the quieter moments in the movie. There's like a certain part of the movie. There's like when it happens within like 15 minutes, it goes from J.K. Simmons like talking to like a little kid in like the hallway, and then it goes straight into him like doing the like whole like screaming like scary thing with Miles Teller, and that like perfectly encapsulates why that performance is just so great that he can like switch it like that, and he like it comes off so like you know real and warm in like certain the quieter moments and then right into like the moments of miles teller and he's absolutely terrifying yeah i completely agree that uh, jk simmons should have won sorry uh yeah it's jk simmons but you know all the moments where he outlashed and did all that was great but one of my favorite moments was toward the end of the movie when he was sitting down with miles teller and basically like reeling him in to get him to do the performance at the end of the movie. And that's when you really start to wonder, like, is he telling everything is a lie? You know, that's when he came and he talked about, uh, it was right after he came and talked about, you know, his past student committed suicide, but it wasn't because of him. You know, no one knew it at that point. And that was one of my moments where I was like, wow, like this is a completely layered performance. And he's like, he's giving it up here and he's giving it both down here. And so it's J.K. Simmons. Colby? I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, right? It's Fletcher is one of the greatest movie villains of all time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like the, the, these two categories right out of the way. And, and then Jacob literally just sent me a text message and I popped up in my top right hand corner and goes, Hey, are we not going to do snubs? And I'm like, Yeah, I completely forgot about those as well. So we'll go ahead and transition into snubs for this best supporting actress category. Um, so, Matt, who do you think was snubbed that year? Tilda. Freaking Swinton for Snowpiercer by far. That's my that's my choice. That's a good one. That is a good one. And I'm so mad I completely <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, what do you got for us? I'll agree with Tilda Swinton because I didn't write anything down because exactly. I couldn't even think of one. Oh my god. It was Kobe, such a weak oh, year for supporting I, performances. It, it, it really, really, really was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hannah, I mean uh Colby. Uh, Carmen Ego. Mm. Mm. Selma. Good choice. Jacob. Uh, yeah, I went uh, with Renee Russo from Nightcrawler. 
Never good choice. Oh, yeah, I thought I thought she went you know toe to toe with Jake Gyllenhaal, and I thought she gave not as good of a performance because Jake Gyllenhaal's performance was incredible, but I think she was right up there, um, and I think she easily could have gotten in. Yeah, that was mine as well. I had Renee Russo as well, and then I also had Jessica Chastain in a, mo a most violent year. Yeah, uh, I wasn't a huge fan yeah. of the film as a collective whole, but she was phenomenal. Like I just love Jessica Chastain. I just don't feel like she ever gets enough credit um, for her performances. Um, as a collective whole. All right, so we're going to go to Best Supporting Actor now for the snubs. Uh, Jacob, kick us off here. See, this is, uh, before the show, this is where I said I was going to cheat, and I went with Channing Tatum from Foxcatcher. Um, no! I know, I know he's a lead, um, but because Steve Carell's already in the lead, I just, I couldn't think of anything else, and I went through my list, and I looked, um, and I just decided I'd go with Channing Tatum and stick him in somewhere, so... I put him in as supporting. Matt. I can't support that. Uh, just <laughs> my eye. Tatum should be in lead, and Steve Carell should be definitely in supporting, 100%. Okay, then I'll go with that. I'll just flip yeah, him around. Yeah, that's, <laughs> there that's we go. Cool. <laughs> um, mine is Josh Brolin for Inherent Vice. I just recently watched that oh, movie, and he steals the film right from under Joaquin Phoenix. Every scene that he's in, he's absolutely hysterical. Mm -hmm. um, I think he was definitely the number six that year as well. Um, if I had to take a wild guess, so I'll go with uh, I'll go with Josh Brolin. Colby. Yeah, I'm gonna go um, off the wall, and I'm gonna take James McAvoy in X Men: Days of Future's Past. Nice. That's oh, one. That's oh, one oh, I was thinking right before yeah. uh, I came I love on. Him. That's yeah, what I was thinking right before I came on. I also yeah. really love Michael Fassbender in that movie. Oh, absolutely. I, I enjoy Michael Fassbender's performance more in inside of um, oh my god, the the, the one before it. Uh, first class. First it, class. It, yeah, first class. Um, but I think <laughs> with what visit visiting Professor X at this time at his lowest and trying to have essentially Hugh Jackman's Wolverine try to convince this man to kind of you know put it all back together. I thought he was really doing some unique things. And that performance inside of the superhero world, I think it was absolutely admirable. Um, and I would give it if I had a vote. Yeah. And then Dark Phoenix came out. Yeah. Yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. Apocalypse is in there too, guys. Don't forget about that one. Hannah? Him and Fassbender in First Class and uh, Days of Future Past is just Fantastic. unreal. I love them so much. Uh, mm -hmm. And I didn't write one down again, uh, but I'm going to agree with uh, Colby on uh, James McAvoy for uh, Days of Future Past because he's just amazing that movie. Yeah, I had Josh Brolin as one of mine, and I also had Albert Wilkins for a most violent year as well. Um, I, I, the performances in that film are really, really solid, and, and I couldn't help not put him in that category. All right, now we can transition into the best actor. Uh, let's see, yeah, let's do best actor. Oh um, my god, <laughs> that's that's a promising uh, sigh of relief right there. All right, for the best <laughs> for the best actor, we had Eddie Raymond, uh, Redmayne for uh, Theory of Everything. We had Michael Keaton for Birdman. We had Bradley Cooper for American Sniper. Steve Carell for Foxcatcher, and then ben Benedict Cumberbatch for The Imitation Game. Um, obviously, uh, Eddie won. Um, and who out of the five should have won Matt? <sighs> listen, okay, listen. Eddie Redmayne gives a phenomenal performance in The Fury of Everything. I'm not begrudging the win based on quality. I begrudge the win because this was Michael Keaton's time. And it was... 
it was just one of those things where like Glenn Close with the wife, it was like, this is the time, this is the narrative. And even though like, I really, really don't begrudge Eddie winning for that performance. I just begrudge the fact that anyone else other than Michael Keaton won period. So yeah, it, it should have been Keaton. Colby. Yeah. Um, I'm going to disagree only because if I'm basing it solely on the performance, what I've learned as being a fan of Matt and the MVP team is that they factor in so much more elements of the entire like Hollywood story to the win that I never really appreciated till I was a fan of the podcast. <laughs> performance alone, what Eddie does in, and I will say it's like, it's, it's an Academy Award cheat. Like, it's like, okay, great. Let me just you know, mark off this. Oh, we're playing someone who's like, you know, you know, you know, physically handicapped check. Like we're, we're going back in time check. He had everything working in his favor. It's definitely unfortunate for Keaton. And I thought that he was going to redeem himself with the founder like a year or two later. That didn't work <laughs> out at all. Um, but I will say that, yeah, um, I, I have to go with Redmayne. I, it, it was great. Um, and I mean, as uninteresting a story that movie is, he at least is like the savior of it. Yeah. Hannah? I'm going to have a really unpopular opinion and say that Eddie's performance, or Eddie winning is one of my least favorite wins of the decade. Mm. Uh, I, I I like him in the movie. I think he's good, but I just, it like Colby was saying, it's so like mm. Oscar Beatty, and it just, it seems so, like the entire time that I was watching him, it just, in my mind, it just seems so forced. I could just never get like fully on board with the performance. Um, so yeah, I'm agree with Michael Keaton. I think Michael Keaton is, I think this is my favorite performance that he's ever given and he's just uh, outstanding in Birdman. So yeah, I think this is Michael Keaton's year to win. Jacob. Yeah. I thought, I thought Eddie was great. Um, was the movie great? Uh, that's a different topic. Um, but this was, uh, Michael Keaton's year to win, but I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Steve Carell and just how transformative he was in that movie and how terrifying he was in that movie. I mean, that's, mm. that's a movie I can only watch like once a year because it just, it crawls under my skin every time he's on the screen. Yeah. And I've shown people pictures of Steve Carell in that movie and they don't believe me that it's him. I mean, it, that's just one of those things, you know, you've got people like Christian Bale who gain weight, lose weight, whatever. And then, you know, he comes out and he looks completely different. And this is, you know, one of his first real, like real roles after the office and he just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, for me here, I mean, there's like no offense to some of the people in the category. There's a lot of people in this category that I wouldn't have nominated. Um, personally, I don't know why Bradley Cooper's in this category at all. And we'll talk about snubs in a few minutes. Um, this is Michael Keaton hands down for me as well. Um, it, and it wasn't even, in my opinion, out of the five, it's not, it wasn't really, in my opinion, really close. I, I thought Michael Keaton gave a phenomenal performance in Birdman and had head over heels deserved. And, and I agree with what Matt was saying. Like this was his moment. You know what I mean? The year, the year after we have the, the, the DiCaprio moment, you know what I mean? We had the DiCaprio. This could have been the defining role uh, of, of Keaton finally getting that Oscar win. Um, and it would have been beautiful. And the thing about it is, I don't want any slander about the founder. I enjoyed that movie. I just want to throw it out there. I don't think it was Oscar worthy or anything. I liked the founder. I thought it was an okay movie. You know, it's I mean, an okay it was, movie. It's, it's, it's okay a description movie. for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a McDonald's burger. It's okay. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's have it your way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's kick it over to snubs real quick. Um, Colby, give me a snub for that year. 
All right, all right, all right. Um, I don't have to go with Matthew McConaughey for Interstellar. Better than his performance in Dallas Buyers Club. I agree. Ooh, I never thought about it like that. Why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just think I think he was given like I mean it. This man had like so his range was great, and um, I think people allowed their disinterest in the logic of the film to play against all the other great work, the technicals and the performances in that film. Um, and I just think that what he was doing, damn, now that I think about it, you know what? I definitely do like it more than Dallas Buyers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been a worthy nomination uh, for Interstellar. Hannah. Okay. So my favorite performance in 2014 was Bill Hader in The Skeleton Twins. I think he is oh. so great in this movie. And I, I wish that people would recognize this movie more. I wish that people would recognize his performance in this movie more. Uh, I'll mention Kristen Wiig later. Uh, so yeah, I he's just everything that he does in this movie, especially with Kristen Wiig, like uh, opposite of him, is just it breaks your heart, makes you laugh. I think uh, same thing just happened to me watching uh, The King of Staten Island. Uh, the that kind of gave me the feels of the the Skeleton Twins. So yeah, uh, I love his performance in that. And then I want to mention Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum for 22 Jump Street because I think it's so terrible that they never like got like recognized for the performances in both the movies, especially thinking about how Melissa McCarthy got nominated for Bridesmaids and neither of them ever got recognized for 21 mm. or 22 Jump Street. And then obviously Jake Gyllenhaal for Nightcrawler. He is just breathtaking in the movie. I really, I really thought that her... Melissa McCartney's nomination was going to break through and make comedy the rest of the decade, something that people would pay attention to in performance categories. And it's sad that that didn't work out. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's like a trend. Nothing ever. Like it, it, you have the one nomination and then you expect things to change and then it never happens. Nope. Matt, what do you got, man? You can make an entire other lineup uh, that would be worthy of the Best Actor Oscar with people that yep. did not get a nomination this year. It is... Yep unbelievable how incredibly packed this category was i don't want to step on uh your toes or jacob's toes here in terms of like saying picks that you guys would say but definitely agree with hannah uh, jake Hall and nightcrawler 1000 percent all the way ray fines for the grand budapest hotel is hysterical and should have been there david oyelolo for selma i mean come on people um miles teller who got no yeah. recognition at all yep. for Whiplash. Um, equally deserved to be there as much as J.K. Simmons did that year. And uh, what's another one that just comes to mind? I'll even throw a bone towards like Oscar Isaac for a most violent year. I thought yep. he was channeling some real heavy Pacino vibes in that, and I thought he did a really great job. Jacob? Yeah, Miles Teller um, was great, but I have to go with Jake Gyllenhaal, which I – Fairly certain we have mentioned Jake Joan Hall in every single podcast. <laughs> <laughs> As um, we should. Exactly. Jake Joan Hall for Nightcrawler was incredible, amazing, everything you could ever want. I mean, he just that's another performance where it just terrified me to watch him on screen. It just it was it wasn't a scary performance, but just watching him just get lost in that kind of world is something that just it just blew me away. Yeah, I, I feel like every time we have one of these shows should have been nominated always and the best actor always follows with Jake Gyllenhaal in something. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's incredibly sad that we consistently talk about Jake Gyllenhaal and the fact that his lack of 
of appreciate. I still think that he's the most underappreciated actor in all of Hollywood when it comes to, especially when it comes to awards and stuff like that. Bro, it's he's, that Prince of Persia curse, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it might be. But well, he, he was great. And love and other drug yeah. curse. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal has given plenty of phenomenal performances, and Nightcrawler ranks up there as as one of those performances. Um, it, it seems remiss to keep on mentioning him until he finally, you know, actually gets the nomination and probably a win. You know what I mean? He'll probably be Leo in about ten years. It'll be like, you know, oh hey, Jake Gyllenhaal in Men in Black meets Jump, you know, Twenty One Jump Street, and he wins the Oscar because nothing else was nominated. <laughs> I do believe that, like Leo and like Joaquin Phoenix, I do believe Jake Gyllenhaal is going to get that chance this decade it, it's it'll be it the right time in his career he'll be like the right age he'll have the right yep. amount of clout build up yep. it's just a matter of the right role the right time i think he'll i think he's going to get there within the next 10 years for sure yeah jill hall yeah. does pick some like his roles are not exactly the most uh I don't know, favorable roles to one of what, you know, it, when you go from nocturnal animals end of watch, I thought end of watch was phenomenal. I South thought he, he Southpaw. Yeah. We talked about Southpaw yeah. last I, week. I don't know why stronger was not a big deal for it's, him. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like, it was That's, baffling yes. to me that they went with Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire, which was such a, Bizarre oh, movie. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking about talking about Eddie Redmayne about how like that's like an Oscar bait performance. You know they are going to eat it up regardless. Stronger should have been that. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they didn't. And they didn't. It's just like yeah. weird. Well, he, I, it's crazy to think he still is young. He's not even forty yet. So mm -hmm. like, yeah. he's got he's got it. I just, I just I just hope that he like in my mind. I'm like I really hope that these actors don't get checked out. You know what? I'm not going to play by your rules. Like I I'm going to do whatever I want, and he's just like not going to deal with it. But then again. I'm pretty sure that, you know, Joaquin said the same thing and look where he's now. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we're going to transition into the best actress category. Woo. We had uh, Julianne Moore for Still Alice. We had Reese Witherspoon for uh, Wild. Uh, we have um, Maroon Cotillard Cal for Two Days, One Night. Felicity Jones for The Theory of Everything. And then Rosemond, uh, Rosemond Pike for Gone Girl. Um, Julianne Moore for Still Alice won. And Colby, kick us off. Who should have won here? Oh, this is Roseman Pike. This woman was probably one of the scariest women I could ever met. This is my nightmare. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, believing into that performance and how layered it was. I mean, on the back of a Fincher script, it, it's it it really is great. And I loved how stirring she was. How the switch kind of kicked in. I mean, the scenes that she has between her and uh, Doogie Howser. Like I'm, yeah. Um, I. <laughs> Yeah, Roseman Pike. Matt? Uh, man. So I'm, I'm torn here because <laughs> the popular answer really is Roseman Pike for Gone Girl, which, by the way, that was a Gillian Flynn script, not a David Fincher oh, script. Forgive me. My apologies. No, no, yeah. that's okay. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Marion Cotillard in Two Days, One Night is a really, really, really impactful performance that – never gets like celebrated the way that it should um especially considering that it was a foreign language performance as well so i just don't think that people give that performance a fair shake um it's a very it's actually a very strong category when you look at it because reese witherspoon is doing better work in wild than what she did for her oscar winning performance in walk the line um and Felicity Jones is pretty damn good in The Fury of Everything. I mean, like, was she the winner? No, but she earned her right to be there, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's a really, really good field. Um, 
I'll, I'll be different. I'll say Marion Cotillard, um, even though it's like, I, I do want to say Rosman Pike, but I just don't want us all to say Rosman Pike. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to have multiple choices in this category, right? You know what I mean? Some yeah. years there's, there's, it's, this was the defined, like even when we're talking about supporting uh, actress, it was, it was Patricia Arquette, right? Supporting actor, it was J.K. Simmons. Not not to say the other performances weren't great, but that those were the two standout performances in both those categories that year. So right. it's nice to have a variety here. Jacob, what do you got? I actually am good. Just going to go with uh, Felicity Jones for uh, the Theory of Everything. I thought oh, wow. she was better. I thought she was better than Eddie Redmayne. Um, but I thought I think just because Eddie Redmayne was playing such a well-known character. Um, that's what got him. But I thought her performance was better than Eddie Redmayne's. I thought she held that film um, really well throughout the entire thing. Anna? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to go at Rosamund Pike for the cool go monologue alone. Like, I, I can't <laughs> say anyone else. Like, it's just, it's so iconic and she's so scary and she's so just, just amazing in that movie. Like, I don't even know how else to, like, describe the performance because like when you're watching her she steals the entire movie like when i think of gone girl i think of rosamund pike in gone yeah. girl and yeah. that's it you know so you don't think of ben affleck and his no um, <laughs> I, I know I, I know i do everything right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. i've actually i've actually never seen like the like uh the version of that uh with that in it because i watched it on hulu when it was like playing like live on tv so it was like uh Cut. <laughs> that's i don't even i'm like a lot i got literally just had a thought in my head and i was like why did you say that aloud ricky it's all right <laughs> um for me it's pike as well hands uh gone girl is one of my favorite films from that year i thought her performance uh the transition from start to finish in that film it, it's one of the best well-written um roles of of that decade and she was phenomenal i just love her in that film so much and, and it was you know you have nightmares about you know that afterwards especially you know as a man it's like oh my god like she was a manipulative crazy woman and it was like amazing at the same time it was like all in one you know what i mean it's like you're rooting for and then you're like oh god am i and then it was like you know it's a back and forth performance i loved it a lot he was no angel himself either oh no no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> i won't yeah no i mean yeah some of what happened he was deservingly thriller deservingly so all right so we are going to transition here to, um, oh, sorry, director. I don't have, for some reason, I didn't uh, have a picture Snub. ready. Snubs. Yeah, snubs for best actor. That's what I'm transitioning to right now. So Matt, hit us with a snub. For best actress? Yes. Oh, um, hmm. Come back to me. Colby. Gugu and Batara in Beyond the Lights. Yeah, that's a good one. That's I mean, a good one. I, I I think I became a fan of Gugu in that. Oh man, what was that like British film where she was like mixed race? And I forget the name of it. Um, and I was like, anything that she's been in since I watched that. And when I saw Beyond the Lights, like one, it's a really underrated film. It's not an Oscar film per se, but there's some like really great things at work, and her performance especially playing off a of mini driver. It's really, really good. Um, yeah. And plus, I mean, we need some color in this category. So <laughs> Anna, Kristen Wiggin, the skeleton twins. I love her performance. It every time I watch the movie is she really is like, I, I do. I, 
when I talk about it, I do like to like think that Bill Hader's the heart of the film, but really she is the heart of the film. Uh, just everything that she does in that movie is just it's she's so funny. And then when it comes down to like the dramatic stuff, just like Bill Hader, just she breaks your heart. Like every like every word like exchange between them, you feel it. It's oh, so good. Jacob. I am going to go Emily Blunt in Edge of Tomorrow. Um, I think she really became an uh, I can't, an action movie star after this, and I really think um, you know that movie. This movie as a whole, I think, is a lot better than what people remember it as. But That's I true. mean, I think I really love her in this movie. Matt. Um, I'm going to go super indie with this one. Jenny Slate in Obvious Child uh, a really was a breakout one. performance that um, I feel like doesn't get talked about often enough. All right. So we're going to transition into director here. Um, I don't have a fancy picture to put up because I don't have a fancy picture to put up right now. So mm-hmm. uh, we had Tom McCarthy for uh, – nope, sorry, just kidding. We had Richard Linklater for Boyhood. We had Bennett uh, Miller for Foxcatcher, Wes Anderson for Grand Budapest Hotel, and then Morton Todd Elm for the imitation game. And of course we had Alejandro who won for Birdman. Uh, let's go, Matt, who should have won here? Um, okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's harder than, than it's, it it's is. hard. It, it is. is actually, it is actually Very. hard because, okay. So on one hand, what Richard Linklater did with uh, boyhood was a transcendent, movie watching experience to watch actors actually age without makeup or anything else was surreal. And that was a really, really special thing. I feel like, um, what Alejandro Gonzalez and two did with the one take and the coordination, the actors performances, the, the tone, the style. Um, I feel like if boyhood had flashier direction instead of just like pointing the camera and just letting the actors, you know, do their thing, which is what Linklater does a lot. You know, I think that we would have, given it to link later but man i don't know because then i look at what wes anderson did with grand budapest hotel as well which is just so visually uh splendid um and just moves so incredibly well and is so original and just damn okay i'm gonna i am going (laughs) oh my god i am going to go completely left field here and i'm gonna say bennett miller for foxcatcher because <laughs> in terms of tone, in terms of sustained tension, in terms of atmosphere, in terms of the calibration of the performances, um, the layers, like the subtext of each scene and finding that with the actor's performances, I mean, that is the kind of direction I feel like, forget about gimmicks, okay? That is really, really, really solid direction that does not get the praise that it should. I, I just want to throw it out there before I pass it to somebody else. I loved the completely like 180 <laughs> in that entire thing. That was I was like, all right, so he's going here, and then he just <laughs> that was phenomenal. You can't, That's can't the Matt Nagler rope a dope, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly <laughs> what that was. Colby hit us. Who who do you think should have won? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Fincher. Um, non girl. He's not nominated. Fincher's oh not nominated. Oh my god! What are, this is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this fucking year. All right. Um, gosh. When you're ready for a snub, I mean, we already know what Colby's snub's going to be. Absolutely. Yeah, no, then I'm definitely going to go with Birdman. I'll, I'll keep it with Birdman. I, I, I like the world that was built there. I mean, obviously, yeah. if I mean, if, if, if 1917 taught me anything about, like, the importance of that take and how we're going to give that more so to the direction as opposed to the cinematography, then that's fine. I'm going to have to go with Birdman. 
Jacob? Yeah, you know, I, I'm i going to go with Birdman too, but I love, love, love that Matt said Bennett Miller for Foxcatcher because just like he said, the layers of subtext, that world building, everything that he brought was just so incredible for the entirety of the film. I mean, I just loved everything, but I just can't go uh, – I can't go away from Birdman. Hannah? I'm going to go with Wes Anderson just for the massive amount of love and respect that I have for him, and I just – I love all of his films, and I can't praise him enough. So, Wes Anderson. Yeah, so for me, I went Bennett Miller as well. Um, Foxcatcher, to me, was one of those films that just... I, I, I agree with what Jacob said earlier. It's it's a film that you can't really watch a whole lot, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. it, it like, if I watch that film, I need to watch at least 12 comedies after it just to kind of get <laughs> my mind back in right again, you know what I mean? It's just one of those films that just kind of just eats at you. And it does. And it's one of those movies that after I watch it and the performances and the layers of the film, and it's just, it's very creepy also. You know what I mean? I just love that film a whole lot. And that's I, not taking anything away from Alejandro and what he did for Birdman. I love Birdman, right? I do a whole lot. But for me, Birdman to me was like a best picture win with somebody else winning director. And obviously we'll talk more about that later, but that's just how I felt within this category myself and um snubs here snubs should be fun because i think the same thing with matt said about there could be a laundry list of people that were nominated that weren't nominated and you can make your own category out of those the same could be said here for director um colby i'm going to kick it off with you here all right since i kind of like you know let the cat out the bag because i really thought that Fincher <laughs> was nominated um, i would absolutely have david fincher in there. and then quickly i mean I don't understand how Nolan was not nominated for Best Director in Interstellar. Um, it's a fantastic and, and an amazing visual experience. And then you know, shout out to the Russos with Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Matt? Um, all right. I know we're only supposed to say one, but I'm going to give it to two. You can um, give as many as you want, my man. Ava DuVernay for, Sel for Selma. Yeah. Easily. Um, and I also am going to go with Bong Joon-ho for Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Oh, so good. I love that film so much. I, and I'll go next here. So I had I had Duvernay as well for Selma, but I also have Damien Chazelle for uh, Whiplash. Yep. Um, I feel like he should have been in this category. And it's not just because I'm a, I love Chazelle so much and he's just that guy for me. But um, his direction in this, that film is just remarkable. I love the direction. I love, I love everything about that film. Everything that he's done, everything he's put out, it just, it's, it's gold. And um, I thought Whiplash was great. And Fincher was another one. I mean, Fincher was, there's, again, there's so many that were just robbed this year. It, it really does hurt. And Snowpiercer was so good as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Hannah, what you got for director? I have I had Ava DuVernay and I also had David Fincher, uh, but I want to throw uh, Matt Reeves for Donkey Kong. <laughs> no, that was mine. Yeah. <laughs> I you gotta give me so respect for taking for taking uh, the first movie and then coming on like uh, somebody else directed the first movie, coming on with Don and then just completely like giving the whole franchise so much life and just making it like. It, one of the best trilogies of all time, in my opinion, uh, with War and Don. Uh, he just—it's—it's it's mind blowing to think that like he didn't start the with uh, the first one because it just trans uh, transitioned so seamlessly over to Don and the, the and to War. And I just can't imagine how hard it is to like pick up uh, from somebody else's vision and you know move on with the franchise itself. So yeah, he's Don is so amazing, and he is a large part of why that is. Don't down him for uh, the Batman. He's going to do great things with that. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for 100%. Uh, Jacob? 
Well, that was mine. Mine was Matt Reeves. Um, <laughs> and, but, uh, no, I mean, just what he did. I watched that movie the other the other day and how he built it up, you know, to that final climax and made, you know, a movie about apes versus humans, something that we can really, you know, understand and articulate and really put it into our own world. Um, and it was very, it was very surreal with, you know, at the very beginning when they've got everyone in mask and there's a whole play going on. And I just, you know, I just love everything about it. I agree. It's one of the best trilogies ever made. I love all of them. And then I don't even know how, but he gets better with war. I feel bad that I skipped over and not mentioning that we should have had, like, I, I, I still don't understand why voice, like voice acting isn't like considered a category yeah. in the Oscars yeah. at some point, yeah. but essentially what you have in the performance with Caesar, mm -hmm. I mean, I, him not being nominated for war i'm forever gonna be upset about but, but you know but you see like where it was like how he was scratching at it because there's so much great acting work that's being done <laughs> inside this film and i'm like damn like how do you it's it's so crazy because it's not that he's sitting in a booth doing a no. voice performance he's doing the entire Everything. performance just wearing a costume i mean people What's the difference between this and like regular practical effects that like somebody yeah. wears Difference between this and uh, you know Winston Churchill from yes, absolutely. Dark Tower, where he's just wearing a bunch of makeup and a costume. All he's doing is wearing a couple buttons, but he's giving a true and real performance. And that's Matt, what you need I don't to do something. I I implore you in your poll, make this happen. Like okay. Believe me, believe me. This and stunts are uh, two that I personally want to see happen at some point. So mm -hmm. my feeling though is that Circus will get an honorary Oscar. That's my that's my gut instinct. I hope so. He's done so much good work, so much good work. He's also pushed the medium forward in terms oh, of yeah, sure. um, his, his yeah. He's made it. He's made it more of. He's gone away from the gimmick and made it a real thing. And you know, people talk all the time about Josh Brolin as a uh, Thanos, and jo that's the exact same thing that he's been doing for years. I'm sorry. Without without Gollum, there would be no Thanos. Mm -hmm. that's, oh yeah, you yeah. know, <clears throat> and that's a credit. And that's a credit to Circus. Thanos would be a full CGI just yep. creature. Yep. I mean, w w even with an, an actor who was nominated, you know, in here, what Benedict Cumberbatch does as Smaug, I'm sorry, seeing that behind the scene footage of him on his belly, all on fours, like, I'll just like watch that. that that's, that's still that's acting. Insane. That is acting. It's still, act like, it's it's phenomenal. It's, it's it's so insane that there is that barrier between like, you know, not nominating a performance, like an amazing performance and just kind of pushing it to the side just because that performance is like covered with like animation. Yeah. Like I mean, e even when like, it, it's just we, so weird. Do to we think buy that, that it actually that enhances disconnect. it? Like it's, it's an, it's an unnatural enhancement. I mean, isn't that what like prosthetic and makeup is? It's an unnatural enhancement for you to believe the character. I just, I don't know. Like it's just crazy that there's that disconnect there. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we could have a whole separate show on the disconnect between the <laughs> yeah. Oscars and, just, and, and like, real life. I mean, I we could have thought, forgot about Dawn, and I'm just like, <laughs> how can we not talk about that? But <laughs> it's all right, Colby. No worries. Oh, who's, who's your friend joining us, Hannah? Yeah. Uh, this is my dog. Her name is Rosie. <laughs> Hi, Rosie. What's up? Hello. She's very That's supporting act uh, attention uh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Jacob. Or no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's transition to uh, best picture here. Um, we had Whiplash. We had the Theory of Everything. We had the Imitation Game. We had the Grand Budapest Hotel. 
We had Boyhood. We had American Sniper for some reason. And then we had Birdman. And then, of course, Birdman actually ended up winning. Uh, Hannah, who should have won this? Whiplash, 100%. Uh, Whiplash is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I just, I talk about this whenever I bring up, like, how movies, like, affect me emotionally. Because I'm, like, an easy crier. And I'm, like, easily, like, emotionally, like, uh, manipulated. Uh, But (laughs) watching Whiplash for the first time. I didn't get to watch it in a theater. I watched it at home um, like two years ago and watching that for the first time. And just, I, I literally had to like stop watching the movie. Cause I had like a anxiety attack watching it. Cause I was just so like overwhelmed and I just, I will never forget like that experience and still watching it like to this day, like uh, rewatching it. It just, I never, it never fails to like make me feel so like, like emotional. Uh, Colby. Yeah. Um, I would have went out of, out of what's here. I would have went with Whiplash. Um, I actually have Whiplash rated higher than Birdman. I have Selma rated higher than Birdman. It baffles me how Selma has been recognized as best picture, yet has gotten like no love anywhere else. None. Like and it, it still it bothers me because it feels so cheap. Um, and then all the other things that kind of went went on behind the scenes. But I'm gonna go with Whiplash. Um, I mean the fact that this kid, you know, um can put together the story and let it be character driven and do something with music. And I, I, and I love how he's taken music and progressed it in, in every successive film after that. And even most recently inside the Eddie and like, I, I, I love it. I love the performances. It's really, really strong. Um, I find it like, just like what you were saying, Hannah, it is like, it's one of those, it, it kind of has like an uncut gems vibe to it in regards to like just really like, you know, shaking you, uh, especially when you see someone like so convicted to be great. And they just like really, really can't get there. And they push themselves to the brink of like damaging themselves. Like I love those type of stories. And the fact that Whiplash um, really highlights that and does some unique things with Fletcher. Um, absolutely love it. That's who, you know, I I, I would have had uh, one out of the group. Matt? Um, uh, so at the time of the Oscars, uh, my favorite film was Whiplash. I wanted Boyhood to win of the probable winners of the ones that were most likely going to win. But what I started to realize over time and what, and what I realized why Boyhood didn't win is because Birdman was a movie that was actually about Hollywood and was going through a transitional period that Hollywood found themselves in between art and commerce and the rise of blockbusters and the downsizing, downscale, if you will, of independent, like driven uh, films that were more based on character and without special effects and what have you. And over the years, I've actually grown to appreciate that a little bit more. Um, what's funny is that I haven't actually seen it since 2014. I'm doing my own 2014 retrospective right now. So Birdman is one that we are going to revisit soon. Um, if I was going just based on favorite, I would say Whiplash. However, I don't, I'm one of those people that if I was voting on the Oscars, I would think less about what's my favorite. And I would think more about if this film wins Best Picture. Do I want it to stand alongside Lawrence of Arabia and also Casablanca, The Godfather? And how does it fit in with that level of significance and importance? And you can make an argument to me that Birdman is not that either. Um, But I would make an argument that it is. At least it is to the people in the industry itself. So that's why it won. And that's why I am going to uh, stick with it. Like Kobe said, I, I factor in a lot of things into my choices. So, <laughs> no, I get it 100%. Jacob? Yeah, no, I agree with Matt. Um, you know, the thing that captured me about Birdman is how self aware it is about everything going on around it. It's self aware about, 
you know, critics, it's self-aware about superhero films, it's self-aware about itself, you know, it's self-aware about Michael Keaton in the lead role, it's self-aware about Zach Galifianakis in the supporting role. I mean, it knows what it is and it plays that up so much. And I agree with Matt, like, I would argue that this movie will stand, you know, beside the Lawrence of Arabia's and the Godfathers and stuff like that, just as high up there. Um, With that to mention, it also is one of my favorite films. So I just... By default, I have to put it up there. Also, too, for the record, Edward Norton being the self-aware asshole that nobody likes to work with, but is so talented that everybody wants to work with him still. That that's phenomenal. It's every every character is just self-aware. I mean, it's everything about it. Like they just they hit on every little thing about what Hollywood brings, and almost like plays a joke on it, but just like they just open everything up. Yeah, for me here, this is like I said during director when I talked about the uh, best picture. I said Birdman. I I felt was the best picture winner. You know what I mean? I don't think it, it wasn't my favorite. Like my, everybody else, it's not my favorite film of the year. But this had best picture, in my opinion, written all over it. You know what I mean? And and because of that, I'm gonna go Birdman for the same reasons. Again, it, it's. When we do our Oscar predictions at the end of the year, it's never our Oscar predictions are never what we think are the best films because we know that's never going to happen. So, you know what I mean? It's always about what how Hollywood sees it or how they see it and how it ranks against uh, some of the all time great films. And and how does it mix up with, you know, that decade and that decade of best picture wins? And um, and, and Birdman does stack up very well. When you talk about those years, you know, especially when you stack it up against like a King's Speech, you know what I mean? Like, or a Green Book or, you know, it, it's it's Crash. understandably <laughs> so where you can have that. You can look back at this decade and you can kind of forget about for five seconds that Green Book won because you saw Birdman won, which was, an, you know, a phenomenal achievement in film as a collective whole. And it's weird, um, too, because like the wins like Crash and Green Book and things like that, that we all say, oh, my God, like, what the hell are you guys doing? To general audiences, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you know, we gotta remember yeah. that there are a ton of people that yep. are learning about race depiction within film, yeah. still don't fully understand it, still yep. don't get it. And those movies, the help being another one, are movies that are made to make white people feel good about race. And thus they leave the movie being like, Oh my god, I feel amazing. I love that movie. And yep. sure, they voted number one then. So that doesn't make it right though. And, you know, I, I think like what's very, very interesting is that when you look back at like all of those wins and stuff, it's like, you may not agree with it, but it's like, I, I understand how it happened. Exactly. You know? And in the moment, sometimes like the day after, or even like the night of, I'm like, I don't know how we got here. I don't know how. <laughs> but then it's like, if you have hindsight and you look back and you're like, no, I get it. Does it suck? Yeah. But it's like, I, I get it. And that's how I also feel about Birdman too, uh, this year as well. Okay, so while we're talking about this, you get it. Please explain why King's Speech went over Social Network. <laughs> <laughs> or Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, exactly. No, an, I know. He's an anti-hero yeah. that was yeah. unlikable, hard to root for. for sure. Prissy okay. little, stuck-up kid. And, and that's the thing, too. It comes down to who the voting members are and what can they relate to? What kind of yep. a story can they relate to? There's and, no one in that film that they can see themselves as. Like, no. And that's the reason why I think Hall has been snubbed for so long. A lot of the, his roles, it's really hard to, as as the the people in the academy, it's hard for them to relate to his characters. You know, what can I, mean? I can I give you a little little insight here? I think sure. people haven't nominated Jake Hall because I don't think there are a lot of actors that respect him. It's, 
So, okay, I feel like I've heard that sentiment before. Is he difficult to work with? I've, I've heard, I've heard that he is an actor who is really talented, but he doesn't take it as seriously as someone like a Joaquin Phoenix or a Christian mm-hmm. Bale. And it's like, there's that rub, like it rubs people the wrong way. could be in that same boat. <laughs> yeah. Like he's almost like Edward Norton from Birdman. It's like, he, well, not, well, not like, not like I'm going to take control not of the set like and be a complete prick and everything. I, don't think it's an I want to be in the editing room Norton. for this movie. No, yeah, he doesn't do that. But like, I've heard that he just doesn't like learn his lines and things like that and like reads them off on the day and stuff. And like, I don't know, I, I've heard little tiny little things here okay. and there. And yeah. for somebody that does that, he knocks the shit out of the ballpark. You know what I mean? Every yeah. single day. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, you know, and that's and it's all about the craft. You know what I mean? People want you to be honed in. They want Joaquin Phoenix to be the Joker. They want him to be Arthur Fleck as soon as he's on the set. You know what I mean? And then at the same time, when Christian Bale acts like that, then they, you know they kind of go ape shit because Christian Bale went you know crazy. It's crazy to me that they respect guy like Christian Bale has a long history of 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 being. A, not the nicest gentleman on sets, but yet is still respected um, as a collective whole. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they see the stuff that he puts himself through physically and like actors that go to like acting school and learn about the craft of acting and stuff. They, they dream about doing roles like that. Like they, those are the kind of roles that they want to have those kinds of showcase roles. So same thing with someone like Joaquin Phoenix, they see Joaquin Phoenix delivering a performance like in Joker. And that's like a dream role for an actor to be able to play that much and have that much creative freedom and such. So I, I I also think that the other thing that's hurting Jake Gyllenhaal is the pretty boy factor. Yeah. It hurt Leo for a little bit too. I think as long as Jillian Hall remains like relatively young and like he's kind of like a hot pretty boy type, you know, sorta. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that's always gonna rub pe- uh, people you know, the wrong <laughs> way to a certain degree. So but trust me, I think within the next 10 years, he's gonna be fine. For sure. Uh I mean, yeah, I mean it, obviously, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio should have won an Oscar for what's eating Gilbert Grape. I still stand by that. Um, you know, that that performance was mind blowing. All right, so before we go, we got to snubs to talk about. There was several that we could talk about. I we I think we might even be able to make our own five here within this category. Is <laughs> you know maybe even ten. But uh, Colby, kick us off with some snubs. Yeah, if there wasn't a year that needed like a full ten on the ballot. It's definitely this year. Um, I don't understand why we only got eight. Uh, granted, twenty fourteen was it the strongest year for film? But not having Interstellar on this list is just nuts. I don't I don't know what the Academy has against Nolan. Um, I don't like it. I really want this to change. Like, I really don't like it. This man is like, he's doing everything you can ask for. His films are critical successes. They're box office successes. Like, that feels like exactly like a film that should be celebrated on the biggest stage that there is. They um, look down on genre. They don't, they yeah. look down, they look down on action films. They look down yep. on horror, you know, and yep. to hit and to them, he's an action movie director. That's, yep. that's it. Yeah. But he does it. He does it in a way that's so different than what I agree. In the seventies, eighties, and nineties, though, I totally agree. But with the way they characterize those films, though, it's it's an action style. You know what I mean? I wouldn't consider Inception an action style film, but you know what I mean. It, it, but it's it's. But I agree with what Matt's saying there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Another thing too about Interstellar, because I just want to make sure I have my say on this. Um, I'm one of the few people that criticizes interstellar i think it's one of no one's weakest movies actually and i don't actually let me rephrase that i do understand the love for it from people but i do think that that love is so strong that people just 
refuse to see the flaws that are so apparently there with that movie or if they're just like yeah i acknowledge that there are flaws there but god i love this movie you know what i mean like it just overtakes people and it I annoys me so much i just i just know that it's one of my favorite in theater experiences and okay. i think that's like that's the reason why we go to the movies so yeah. like, i definitely can't apologize away some of the logic no don't apologize you can i mean yeah but i mean but just like it's for the record, it's one of my least world. favorite theater experiences because I don't know if you remember the sound mixing for that film at the time and how publicized it was that the sound for that movie was like cranked up so so loud. I, like it, it just that I will never forget in my entire life the docking sequence and like how oh, much yeah. it was that docking sequence and just like I, I I think I was watching it in IMAX and like I felt like my ears were gonna like float off of my head. Huntsman score so, is incredible. It was so intense mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. the third act, like I just didn't expect it. Like I, I, it's one of the few films where like I just don't know where you're taking me, but I'm completely bought in and like the whole the lapse of time and seeing that you know that that um, that actor come back 27 years later, just like holy, sh like I, I will yes, <laughs> hands down, Interstellar. Like it's and, and could I go the comic book movie route because we have two of the best comic book movies and, you know, the winter soldier and, you know, um, in gardens sure. of the galaxy, I really, really could. I am tempted, but I won't. For sure. I, I will say this. Interstellar is one of those films. I, I saw I that. It's less. I want it. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's less about, uh, like refusing to like see like flaws or anything like that. And more just like, you know, they're there, but you just love the movie so much. And there's so much in the movie that you appreciate that you can like put it over the flaws. Because like ninety percent of my favorite movies are like that. I mean, it chapter two last year, I praised it to all hell, and I still like every time I talked about it to somebody, I had to like sit there and be like, "Hey, listen, I acknowledge that this movie has a fuck ton of flaws, but there's so much in it that I love so much that I can just like overlook it." And I I feel the same way with Interstellar. Fair enough. Hannah's yeah, yeah. chapter two and Far From Home tweets just like I love <laughs> it so much. No, I can't hear. Um. So for me. I, I, I'll say something about the interstellar route. The interstellar route is the same route that I feel about a quiet place. Okay. I saw a quiet place one time in my entire life. I saw it in theaters and that in theater experience for me was something that was just mesmerizing. I know if I watch, I've only ever watched it once. I will never watch it again. I, I, I've, I've sworn Ooh. I'll never, if I watch that film, it's going to completely rip every, that whole entire theatrical experience that I had away because I know that film exactly like my, Matt said, there's flaws in that film, but I don't want to know about the flaws anymore. I just want to know, I want to remember that theatrical experience, that sound, that, that, or lack of sound, whatever you want to say, but the sound of that film and just that feeling that I got when I watched that film. Interstellar is another one that I did with that. I've never seen Interstellar again after I saw it in theaters. There's certain films that I just want to, you know, remember for the, will I ever not watch Interstellar again? I might watch it again, but Quiet Place, never again. Um, for me, and I'll just transition into my snubs real quick. Mine were Gone Girl and Nightcrawler, um, two films that I think that uh, should have been nominated in the Best Picture category, 1,000%. Um, Matt, what do you got for snubs? Uh, Nightcrawler's a good one. Um, Gone Girl, we said. Selma's already nominated. Um, I'm trying to like think. Uh, Snowpiercer, I would put in there. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I know I'm like overlooking something like really, really. <laughs> you like, are. You are. Yeah, and it's not Interstellar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Uh, what am I? You right, you Jack, Jacob, what am I? What am I thinking of? Uh, was nominated for best actor in a leading role, best supporting actor, directing, screenplay, hairstyling. Oh, and catcher. Catcher. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. Yep. 
Foxcatcher. That's mm-hmm. mine. I cannot believe just just that whole movie, just everything we talked about this whole time, and the fact that it was nominated in two acting categories, directing category, screenplay category. You know, it was acted all over, and it didn't get that Best Picture nomination. That just blows my mind. Yeah, that's weird. You got another one, Jacob? That math don't make sense. Uh, do I have another one? Um, if not, let's kick it to Hannah. Yeah, I don't are, think are I have another about one. What? Best Picture snub. Oh, uh, Dawn uh, for the Planet of the Apes. That's mine. I love this movie so much, and I wish that both of the movies would have gotten more awards recognition, uh, recognition, uh, especially War. Uh, I, but yeah, I, I love Dawn almost as much, and I think it's just Jeff's good. I rewatched Dawn recently, and I was surprised at how incredibly well that film held up. Um, mm-hmm. The psychological um, battle between. Um, Caesar and Koba is one of the best antagonist protagonists. Like, yeah, I, I like I've ever like I've ever seen. It's so, so, the physical so well battle at the end of the movie was just so great too. I mean, yeah. it was, that's perfect. It's it's what I want from superhero movies, mm-hmm. and I got it in that. There's nothing better than a mano we mano one on one. You mm-hmm. know, there's nothing yes. better. <laughs> yes, it really was like it brought me back to like Gladiator because it was everyone watching around watching them fight. You know, a grappling and doing everything and it was just it really was just them two so before i go i want to be honest with you guys i i was not a fan of the trilogy okay and and and, and let me rephrase this by saying this now i these are there's certain films that i've watched many many years ago not many many i mean it's not that far away but there's films that i watched five years ago that i think that i would appreciate more now that I've watched film in more of a different light than I have ever done before. Um, I, there's a lot of different films that I've gone back and rewatched from back in the the 90s or the early 2000s and stuff like that, that I was like, man, this movie is terrible. And then I rewatch it and I'm just like, what were you thinking? Like, why did you give this movie two and a half stars, Ricky? Like, what were you thinking in that time frame? But I just think that, and I think everybody can attest to this, as you grow as a film watcher, as you grow as a, a person that reviews film, or as, as you grow as a film person as a collective whole you can appreciate art and film in a different way than you did 10 years ago five years ago you know what i mean and that's the big thing for me there's a lot of films that i want to do that with these are three of the ones that i I really want to do that with i'm 30 i just turned 30 years old i was an idiot when i was 20 (laughs) and i was studying film and i was like oh i've seen David Lynch, I think I know my <laughs> shit, you know? Like, I, I didn't know Jack, so yeah. I totally agree with you on that. I'm scared that I'm in that phrase. That yeah, phrase. Everyone, <laughs> everyone goes through that phrase. It everyone does. Everyone goes through it. Just realize where you were five years ago. Yeah, I was gonna. No, I, I I wasn't even like a fan of movies five years ago. I just started like what not watching movies, but like getting into film in 2016 because of fucking Deadpool of all things. Uh, so, what an entry point! Yeah, uh, Ryan my, ent- would be so my, ent- my entry point is Philadelphia. So that was one of the first wow. films I re- wow. vaguely you know remember watching. Is I remember watching that as a kid. I was like eight, between the ages of eight to 10 years old at the time, uh, you know, but for me, that film left a, that's the reason I love film to this day. It was Philadelphia. It's a powerful film. It's a moving film. It's an insane film, but like, it, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, having to like explain to people like Deadpool was the reason why I was like, yeah, I love movies. <laughs> 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 But it's an interesting story, right? You know what I mean? Like for me, oh, Philadelphia, yeah, as an eight and 10 year old, understanding that a man had, you know, 
was going through what he was going through in that film. And it's like, I, I didn't understand that. You know what I mean? At that age, you know what I mean? Especially in that time frame and stuff like that. All right. So before we go, Matt, give us some plugs, man. Where can we find you everywhere? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Next Best Picture. I mean, that's a very easy Google search that will yield everything it needs to yield. Uh, my podcast is the Next Best Picture podcast. Easy to remember. Um, <laughs> we're on all of the podcasting, you know, wherever you subscribe, you can find us on there. Um, I don't believe there's one that we're not on. And you can also find me actively on Twitter at Next Best Picture, where I am. Hold on a second. It's been a while since I checked my notifications. Let me just make sure. No, I'm on it all the time, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Colby, my man. Yo, thanks so much for having me on once again. I will definitely look forward to come back at any time that you'd like me to have me. But if you want to give your boy a follow, I'm on all the socials at Kobe told me on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you're into Facebook, I am there at Kobe Mac. When I'm in the mood to write, you can check out my website, KobeTomey.com. And you can listen to me on my podcast, the Kobe told me podcast when I'm not guesting on other people's. It's on all <laughs> available major platforms. And when they ask you where you heard it from, you tell them Kobe told me. I love that. I love that ending. It's just so smooth. It's just so perfect. <laughs> Hannah? Uh, follow me at Movies and Cats on Twitter, and then I'm also a part of the Cinemania World podcast, and that's just Cinemania World on everything, and also the podcast available on any stream, uh, streaming platform. Give Jacob a follow on Twitter at MCDI underscore Jacob. Give myself a follow at Ricky Blair underscore. I'm excited next week to kind of dive into the 2013 year. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, lots of great films from that season and a lot of snubs that I already know off the top of my head, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, but uh, <laughs> make sure to head over to the musiccitydrivein.com to check out all the latest articles and movie reviews. we got some good pumping out articles this week. we got some Defy Bloods. We've got a King of Staten Island uh, reviews coming up. We've got a lot of few other ones as well. I watched the personal history of David Copperfield today. Um, I'll have a review of that this week as well. Um, I was not enamored at all. But um, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See you guys. Bye.